Welcome to the Carrero Podcast. Before we get started today, we would like to inform our listeners that Carrero is supported by edX Global. It's an international nonprofit where we work with K-12 students as they work with their local and global communities, providing service learning activities. In 2022, we are asking for your support in raising $20,000. It is to assist our students and their activities in creating gardens for schools and communities, purchasing and delivering blankets for the homeless, providing curriculum for teachers across the world, purchasing backpacks and filling them with educational items for students in need, and collecting and delivering food and toiletry items for the local homeless organizations. You can donate with Venmo using at edacts-global, or you can go to our website, which is www.edxglobal.org, spelled edacts G-L-O-B-A-L dot org and donate. We appreciate your support. Thank you. Hello, you are listening to the Carrero Podcast. I'm Malia Hoffman, and I'm here with Fred Ramirez. Today, our guest is Gabriela Jimenez. Gabby is an active participant in today's youth athletics and education. She is a survivor of a hit-and-run accident that nearly took her life four years ago. Since then, Gabby has used the experience to help encourage and motivate others in all walks of life. Hi, Gabby. Thank you for joining us today. So in your bio, you shared you were in a terrifying hit and run, uh, which almost cost your life. So we're going to just start with the tough question right off the bat here. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. It's, um, I'm going to go back a little bit further. So I lived in Austin, Texas for two years and my dad and I had just like this great road trip back home. And I got home on like Thursday and on Sunday, we're like, we're going to go for a bike ride together. We're going to like have some time together. Like how cool I'm back in California. And I mean, like within a half an hour of that ride, um, we were like going down this little like neighborhood. It was like such a nice Sunday morning. And, um, a car had like side swiped me off the road, but when it hit me, it almost like sped me up and like projected me into a tree that was planted on the street. And so it was like just the weirdest coincidence of things where it really just like, it matches me like pushed, you know, and I was trying to like break and hang onto my bike. And I just went face first into this tree and it, um, the handlebars like jammed to my stomach and caused all kinds of internal bleeding that the doctors didn't even know for like a good day because I had so much trauma to my face from hitting the tree. Um, so hit it, went on the ground and my dad was ahead of me and he was like writing for a while and he was like, she's not behind me anymore. And he, and he had one thought where he was like, did she pass me? He was like, do I keep going forward and see if she passed me somehow and like chase her down or do I turn around and she got like a flat. So he had to make that decision of do I go forward or turn back around? And so he turned back around and basically saw me on the ground and the person didn't stop. And so then he was like, all these thoughts, did she crash? Like what's going on? Um, and so he called 911, called my mom and um, came over 
And um, I have like really weird disjointed memories of being like on the ground and remembering things like I can't breathe and I want to tell my dad that I can't breathe, but like I can't, you know, and it was like, so then in my mind, I'm like, then do I just die because I like need help breathing, but I can't communicate that I can't breathe. So like I had this weird moment of acceptance of like, okay, like I guess then I guess I'm going to have to die because I can't help myself, you know? Um, and so the ambulance got there and took me away and uh, ended up being in the hospital for like a good two months. I was in the ICU for like eight weeks of that time. And like I said, um, I had all kind of like broke every bone in my face except for my forehead. So I was wearing my helmet and um, I broke both my wrists and then they didn't realize all the internal damage for a while until I started gaining a ton of fluid weight. And they were like, whoa, 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 you know, like what is going on? And so then, I know I had, I lost a kidney, I had lacerations on all kind of my internal organs and the tons of internal bleeding. And so then they put me on dialysis and um, had to do all kinds of stuff with that. And so it was like the, just the laundry list of items, you know, that happened after Max, it was crazy. Like it was just so many things. and. Um, you know, like I said, I was in the hospital for so long and it took me so long to recover after, you know, months of appointments and surgeries. I have a 13 hour facial surgery that December and, um, it's hard to like, I mean, it's like, there's so many things that, you know, transpired in that time that, um, I could talk about it for, you know, hours with somebody, but it, I just, it all just from that one moment of being, you know, hit hit by a car and it's not even like I, I have one tiny scar on the back of my arm that shows where like the side mirror hit me and so that one event just pushed me you know into all the other things that happened um after that and I just feel like so bad for my parents too like I just came home like literally it was like two days or three days prior and then it was like yeah, okay well now I'm in the ICU for eight weeks so um, like it was, it was crazy. And I'm kind of lighthearted about it now because I kind of feel like that's just the way that I like, processed it. But there's, there was so much happened like, you know, my poor family and, you know, my uncle was there and everyone came to the hospital to help support my parents. But for a while there, they were like, she's not, I mean, kind of thinking like, she may not make it. Maybe she has brain damage or whatever, but, uh, a lot transpired in that time. And, I said, like, totally changed, you know, the course of both Yes, My Ride, right, and the course of my life, too, and um, it was crazy. Wow, that is, that is pretty insane, and then do you remember the car or any details about that that hit you? Yeah, like, it was, it's so weird, like, my memory is bad in general, (laughs) so it was a particularly bad time to have a bad memory, you know, but I remember, like, being on my bike, and then, um, like seeing like a white, maybe like four door and actually was paint on my bike too. That was like white paint. And, um, and so I just like, remember like seeing them and then thinking like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like I'm going too fast. And like, just trying so hard to like press on the brakes. Um, and then basically like nothing. And then like said, being on the ground and remembering like seeing my dad and being like, like wanting him to help me, but like unable to communicate. And so the memories are super disjointed. Mm-hmm. Um, I even kind of have like a feeling of like leaving my body almost of like, um, like having like the out of body experience where like earth is kind of like shrinking away from you. Um, and like, where like you go into like the stars. And so I don't know if that was me, like, cause I know my heart rate was like so low. My blood pressure was like so low when the EMTs got there. Um, some of that experience itself is like my brain trying to protect me from what was going on or if it was actually like 
of me, like, you know, leaving, like actually dying. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess there's no possible way to figure that out, but that was the experience I had right after being like, ah, you know, oh, yeah. I don't know, hold up breaks. And then, um, and then asking for help and not receiving and making the decision like, okay, well then I guess, I guess this is it. And, and maybe just that calm that deciding like, okay, like it's okay. You know, if, if it's time, if I have to die, then that's what it is. And um, that led into that, you know, feeling like I was leaving the earth experience. But wow, my memory from that moment. And then after that, it was like basically nothing. It was no memory for like three weeks. And then I woke up in the hospital and um, my mom had been talking to me. And so I wasn't like shocked to be there. I kind of knew that I was there. Um, and then seeing like posters and pictures and those are kind of my freaking words not coming back. But I've seen pictures of myself where it's like my eyes are totally like glossed over. Like, I'm like, there's no, <laughs> no thoughts going on, you know, and that person's mine. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's very scary. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was really weird. <laughs> um, it feels like it didn't happen to me because I feel like mm. it, I'm such a different, you know, I'm so healthy now and whatever. Um, not like I live a super healthy life, but I'm trying my best, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> but just that it's such a different thing. Um, yeah, I, I remember that. I remember the call. I remember, oh my gosh, it was, it was just one of those days where I was on the call, you know, I was on the phone calling everyone, you know, just, Hey, you know, this is what's going on. We need to, you know, we need to get over there, blah, 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 blah. Um, but can you, and, and I, I think I, I think I kind of have this, this like insider's look into your just how I saw you before and after, you know, this bubbly person right before the accident and now this bubbly person still after the accident. But was there, were there, were there any changes that, that took place like in, like in your own life that um, was Gabri pre, pre-accident and post-accident? Mm-hmm. Um, really the major things that I'm like, super highly emotional now and so like little things I like will value a lot more or like I'll look at my parents and I'm like you guys are the most precious people I've ever seen in my life you know and so it's like <laughs> I feel like I am so much more emotional and I'm so much quicker to like cry or to like value something than before and I definitely feel like that is directly tied to having like your life taken away from you, you know, and or even things are like I'll be working out or running and I'm like, oh, like this sucks. I'm working so hard. But I'm like, I should appreciate the fact that I can be out here working hard right now because for a while that I couldn't even walk, you know, or I couldn't even sit up on my own or whatever. And so I feel like I just, it, I just value things. So, and even the things that kind of suck, like sitting in traffic or whatever, but I'm like, I have a job that I'm going to like, this is so cool that, you know, that I'm able to do things. And so I feel like it just, it made me so much, like I said, like I'll get teary, like doing things that are so simple that I just don't take for granted anymore. That's the biggest difference for me is that I'm like constantly luxuriated. I'm like, Oh, look at this, <laughs> you know, look at this breakfast in front of me or whatever. I can eat this or I can, I can breathe the room air right now. I don't have to have like a tray gone or whatever. Like so many things like that are so cool. Now, have you, now have you shared this with, um, with, with other people if they've, or have you given this a new way of thought um, and shared shared this with with other people in in terms of yeah, you guys you really need to value X. You really need to do this. You has 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 that come up? Sometimes it's interesting because you know I work with both like high school and 
um, like elementary school aged. And so it might like, it kind of depends on the audience, like who will receive it well. Like even like my friends, you know, adults, they usually are like, they well received. They're like, you're right. Like I should value this. Teenagers are totally hit and miss. Sometimes they're like, yeah, like, you know, you're right. Or sometimes they're like, stop talking to me. Like, <laughs> like you don't know what I'm thinking. You don't know what I should value. So I do, we'll share it periodically. Yeah. Um, but it just kind of depends on who it sticks with. Like, you know, because teenagers are like, I don't want to value this workout. Like, I'd rather be done. <laughs> you know, like, get me out of here. So I'd rather not. So I do share it, but I just, like, okay. me continuing to share it depends on my, you know, audience. Sure. What they think. So you mentioned that you share it with your students. Um, what made you want to become a teacher? Um, I just think it's like. I love being people's cheerleaders, you know, and being like, just encouraging them to do different things. And I've always been like a really big encourager. And I just, when I was in high school, helping out friends, like study test, and then later on becoming like a math tutor. Um, it was like, wow, I can actually make a career out of basically encouraging someone to say kind of loosely, you know? And so then, um, I started like doing observations in classrooms and was like, wow, this could actually be really cool. And, um, you know, it's, it's fun to be like in the spotlight, right. And, um, be the one guiding people through their learning experiences and then kind of the reward of like, Oh my gosh, you got it. And like, I may have helped you get there. Um, and so just, I like to, that, that was a natural fit of being an encourager. And then also was like the reward of seeing like the light bulb went off, like, Oh my gosh, like you can multiply my threes now. Like this is crazy. You know? Um, and so I liked that it was, it was rewarding. Um, not always right away, of course, but you know, somehow on there. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, you're like, please, please do this. You know, you're like, you can do it. You know, and, and you and you also shared that you were that that you were a teacher in um, Austin. Uh, what? And you, you know, it's 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 interesting. What did you? What have you found are the differences and and similarities from teaching in in Texas and teaching in California? Well, I taught a charter school in Austin, and so I feel like that. And I've only taught in public schools in California, so I feel like even charter to public is really different. Um, but at the charter school, I had to wear a lot of hats, and so it was like I was a fifth grade. Uh, we just did like by subject teaching for fifth grade, so they'd rotate through us, um, and so that was different. And then when I did, I started the math intervention program the year after that, and then I was like the math interventionist, but I also was like the gifted and talented testing coordinator, but also was like wow. part of the leadership team. And it was like, I just felt like because of, maybe it was because of charter school, because where I was, but they were like, hey, can you do this and can you do this? And it was like so many different, you know, I'm like, well, okay, I'm all over the place here, but it was cool about experience. But teaching in California, I've only really had like one to two, not even two, it was just one thing that I was given as a task where when I taught that charter school, it was like, like I said, I kept there like, hey, you're you're free after school, right? Can you do this or can you join on this team or can you do this duty or whatever? So I felt like uh, I did a lot more things and that was really as a person, my big takeaway, but I guess as an educational system, it is pretty similar. Um, both have big emphasis on uh, testing, you know, and um, and wanting you to make sure the test scores are up and, you know, hitting the standards and things like that. So those, those align. Okay. You were a college uh, runner and athlete. What role has athletics played in what you're doing today? 
Totally. I mean, nothing like Michaela, right? Shout out to Michaela for being like the most amazing one I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> but so I ran for CBU for two years, uh, cross country and track. And I stopped because it was like, it was like a job in itself, right? Having to be a college athlete. And it was too much with having to go to school too. Um, so again, Michaela's the boss, right? <laughs> She's amazing. Um, but being a college athlete, like it helped me with um, wanting to be a coach and it had so much credibility when you go to an athletic director and you're like, Hey, I want to coach this team or whatever. Um, you know, please hire me. And they're like, well, what credentials do you have? And I'm like, I don't, but you know, I did, you know, run for college for two years and that holds so much weight, um, in the eyes of a high school athletic director. And then it's helped me, you know, when I'm trying to design like a a season plan and the individual like week and workout plans to reflect back like well then what did I like hearing as an athlete what I like doing as an athlete and then being able to put that into their workouts and say well hey you know when I went to college as a college athlete I did this workout and so it's really cool you guys can do it in high school um and again it's not always super well received right they're not always like well then I would rather wait till college to do this workout <laughs> but um but they did have a whole lot of credibility for me and it um you know helped me earn a place as a coach too now, um, think, thinking back, thinking back on your um, CBU days, um, wasn't there an accident during that time too that you were there? Yeah, what is going on with that? <laughs> why, why are there all these accidents? Um, no, you're right. So we were, it was my sophomore year of college, and we were driving up to Mammoth for a running training camp, and we had two like vans, um, like we're all caravanning up there, all the athletes and there was like a highway. And so there was a car that was coming the opposite direction that had some kind of like malfunction, but it was like, basically it was like they, the engine was going to be on fire or it was on fire and it like caravan went across the highway and it hit the front of a van of ours and that created an explosion. And so I was in the other van, fortunately, but I remember like, we, um, I guess I got that car had went past us and my coach slammed on his brakes, but I felt like the heat coming off of that car as it went past us. And then we were able to slow down in time where it hit the other van instead. And we, um, so my coach like pulled over and I remember like seeing the van, it was like, um, like the front of it was all smashed up into the ground and my friends and teammates were climbing out of the back of the van because it was like on fire and um, and so we're like we were all in the van and my coach got out and was like you guys don't move and so we're like in there and we're like what do we do and so um, we like prayed together and then we're like we need to get out and start helping people so we like got out we got out like our sleeping bags and things like that and started like you know distributing them helping our friends um, who just come out of the van and uh, the driver ended up, she passed away basically on site. And then one of my teammates who was in the passenger seat had severe burns and had to be admitted for a while. And then a friend behind her broke her femur and she had to be in a wheelchair for a little bit. Um, but I mean, it was, like I said, it was another really horrible accident and one that happened like literally in front of her eyes. Um, and so we ended up, I forgot how we, we ended up continuing and like, we were so close to that campsite that we were trying to go to. We ended up being there for the night and then um, came home after. But um, yeah, that was like in 2010. Um, and so we actually just had the 10 year reunion <laughs> uh, two years ago and we all had a big Zoom meeting with it actually and talked together and still have everyone was doing. But 
yeah, though that was a, a super obviously unfortunate and a really scary thing that happened. Wow, that's two really traumatic events that have happened to you uh, in your life. And most people don't see one, thankfully, but man, you've been able to make it out alive out of two of those. That's pretty insane. Um, Let's talk about your philosophy of coaching, if you have one. (laughs) And then your philosophy of teaching and how they might differ or how they might be similar. Yeah, with the philosophy of coaching. So because I coach for like both boys and girls and JV and varsity is kind of a small team. I wanted to give the parents um, like a meeting at the beginning of the year to say like, this is my goal as a coach and this is all of our expectations for the athletes. And so really my like philosophy for coaching is that I want to create or help guide, um, you know, students into becoming lifelong athletes and then becoming people who are, um, of good character. And so in my mind, that's being kind and being thoughtful and, um, just like being well-rounded, you know? Um, and so I like lead with that. And so with our team, you know, everything kind of pushes for that. And so it's like, yes, we're teaching them to be fast for this season of life, but we also are doing injury prevention and nutrition and, you know, your sleep and your water intake. And like we said, just, um, being inclusive, you know, like showing and modeling and encouraging them to like not use foul language and to be just nice to everyone and to make friends in the starting line and just all of those things, you know, come together for our team. And it really has created like a good core group of athletes who have bought into that and who love it. And so I'm there, this is my fourth year now. And so I kind of feel like it's the, I got it going, you know, where they really have seen it from me and from my assistant coaches and that I think moving forward, it'll be a lot easier to have everyone else continue to buy into it. Because at first, when I go in as a new coach, they're like, you know, like, what the heck? Like, we want to do what we want to do. Like, why are you trying to push this on us, you know? But it really is like, I want you guys to leave my guidance, be, like you said, being a lifelong athlete and just being a more thoughtful person. And and I feel like that really, like, it when I have my hard days where I'm like, okay, they're they're being difficult or maybe I'm not being as thoughtful that it helps remind me of like, okay, well, I'm here to make sure that this is for a lifelong thing. And if it's not going great today, that's okay because I'm still modeling and being an example and there's still tomorrow, you know? Um, and so I really have loved having that philosophy because it helps, this is a driving factor and it helps me keep my mind all that um, what I'm here for. Um, with education, uh, I think that I you know, obviously I've recently created a philosophy for it. Um, but I think going into education, you think like, well, it's already an, it's already an established thing. So why should I, you know, have, have a new philosophy on it? But it also is like, well, it's my own classroom. So I should have one. Um, those are my thoughts as I created my philosophy. Um, but so it's a similar philosophy where it is like, I want them to leave, you know, more thoughtful people. I want them to leave as people who um, are gritty and are um, believing in themselves and are recognizing themselves as individuals. And so um, really encouraging them, like, you know, that everyone has different talents and you guys are all like, it probably sounds like, but you all like really are unique in your own way. And like also need to offer, you know, um, your family and your friends and society, um, and so really my driving factor as educators to have them, you know, see themselves as individuals and then to just know that they are like loved and that, you know, they are cared for and that I want them to be just reflective about themselves and making sure that they're presenting themselves in the way they want to be seen. 
That's, yeah. that's, that's really cool. Because uh, I, I know it's, it's tough to, to do both of those things um, within, a, within a, a classroom, but then also as a, as, um, as a coach. Now, now that you're in, you're teaching elementary school and then you're coaching high school students, is there an age that you prefer? Yes. <laughs> Do all my students be listening to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Oh, well, the nine and 10 year olds, I can it. Um, so, I mean, like, I love my students. Like, I do, I love them. Um, but I really connect to my high school students. And I don't know if it's because I have them for like three to four years or because they just are closer in age to me or what. But I, and I'm basically like, they want to be there, right? Like, they're choosing to do that sport. And so they have that totally different outlook at it, but I like so prefer the high school. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I'm the same. I okay. <laughs> I was I was a sub for kindergarten through through. Kinder is rough. <laughs> but, oh my gosh, I was yeah, I couldn't. Kinder teachers are all the same. I know. That's so funny. You also shared that you were um, a literacy math specialist and a gifted and talented coordinator. Is there a particular field in education that you like most? Um, I really love coaching, and I know that's not like exactly it is an education, but not necessarily like you would think of it first. Um, but coaching and creating like the physical education plan is my preferred thing. Um, other than that, then I really love math would be a second on there. Just because I feel like um, it's like, I feel like sometimes English can be so like abstract and you're like, well, that could be the right answer. Like that could be the main idea. Like, you don't look at it that way, you know? And so I feel like it's math, it's more concrete. And so it's like, okay, well, we're all aiming for to, you know, get this. So I feel like it's, it's easier for us to catch on with. And so it's easy to encourage them in, um, but yes, yeah. Like you know, what I mean, with like English, you're like, sure that. And then, but you're like, well, then why does that sound good? And you're like, I don't know, <laughs> because it does. It's English. And like I just like it's harder for me to explain to them. So that's why it takes last place. Yeah, <laughs> hierarchy of subjects here. Yeah, it's very um, like per, like based on someone's perspective, right? Someone's perception yeah. of what. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I'm mm-hmm. Sure, that people can explain it, but that's just not my. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm not. I'm not super invested in that one. Well, that well, that brings up a a really good question. Then, um, have you ever thought about getting your single subject in? Like, I am working on it. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I um, well, I passed my my PEC set last year in April, and I'm taking one more class online so I can have that credential. And then, um, what's funny is that I have enough college credits to have a single subject in English, <laughs> which is like the one thing that I'm like not super passionate about. And so um, all I need to do is pass a CSET for that. And I could have my single subject. Wow. Too. And to wow. Be in your least favorite subject to teach. I know, which, but it's like my credential aunt's looking at it and she was like, Oh, well, you have enough college credits for it. So all you really need to do yeah. is just pass a CSET. And I'm like, okay, well I can, I can pass that and I can have it. So it's more just like, I think just a, to have opportunity. Yeah. But I'm, I'm really not trying to lead a high school English class. They, they ask me questions like, I don't, I don't know. Like <laughs> you just, you turn the question <laughs> around. You say, what do you think? Yeah. yeah, I know exactly right. Yeah. Let's be a more <laughs> today. You guys, we're going to turn this around. 
You know, and that's, you know, and, and that's, that poses a really good thought, you know, because you're, I'm sure there's, there's more um, high school English positions available than um, high school PE. There are PE teachers stay forever. Yeah. But one of the, one of the cool things is that you're a, but you're also a coach. And, and so, and so that's, that's one of the things that'll, that'll bring you in more. um, If you, if you ever think about, um, you know, I, you know, your high school athletes might be listening to this, so I'm, I'm not going to say anything, <laughs> but there may be other opportunities around for someone like you, um, you know, since, and, and since you, since you really have, and like one of the biases that, that I always had, um, I know we're getting off, off script, um, but one of the things in which I would always um, share with my single subject pre pre-service teachers is if you really want to learn how, how to teach well, go to, go see elementary school teachers, um, because they teach well. I mean, because they, they're, they're doing everything. They're trained to be teachers while secondary ed people are trained to be content specialists. Ooh. And it's, and it's two totally different things. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, you know, and so I, I think any superintendent, any, any principal who, who sees this person with this elementary school background who can also coach, yeah. you know, they're going to be scrambling to bring you in. So. Yeah. So it's so funny, though, because like literally going from my fourth grade classroom to the high school students, they, they have so many similarities. It's like hilarious sometimes, you know, like I'm like. Have, have you guys been hanging with 10 year olds lately? Like you guys are really good, a lot in common. You get their attention. I'll be like, you know, if you can hear my voice clap once and then, you know, or things like that, like, or I'm like, okay, well, if I'm talking, you guys may be looking at me, like, you know, like things that you like are doing that I do during my school day. Oh yeah. yeah. But you're so right. Like, there's so many strategies carry over and they work because, you know, they're engaged and that's what yeah. you want, you know, engagement. Yeah. You know. Do you have a most treasured moment as a teacher? Um, gosh, no, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I still, my like, obviously my goal as a teacher, you know, or all the things that earlier, but I also like love to have fun. And so to make sure that I have a good day, I want to make sure that I'm having fun. And so for me to have fun, then my students need to be engaged in them tasking and have routines and they enjoy themselves too. And so I feel like for the most part, we, you know, have pretty good days and I feel like if there's like a really special like thing that I look forward to is like that point in the year when your students have learned your routines and you're like, Oh, this day went so smoothly because I spent all that time in the beginning of the year, making sure that they knew all their transitions and they knew what their supplies are and they just know what's going on. And so I love that sweet spot in the year when you're like, yes, like, you know, everything is going according to how I planned it. And now I can start to be, you know, like more goofy and have more fun with them because they know like, you know, how the costume should work. Um, so that little sweet spot would be like that treasure, you know, where it's like, yeah. yeah. Where all your front loaded work pays off. Yes. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. All those like, yeah, stinking times of having to go through like, you know, like let's try it again guys. We're going to stand up and then we're going to let you know, like mm-hmm. all those things. That's funny. Now, you know, having, having, experience in both elementary and, and, and high school, are there, 
If you had a magic wand, what types of changes would you wish to make for elementary school and secondary? Yeah, so I had like mentioned my philosophy, like wanting them to recognize that they're individuals. Um, I know with like the gifted and talented programs that are around, I feel like sometimes or a lot of time they're too broad. Like they're just like, oh, you're gifted because they're like, yay, you know, but they don't really like. I feel like I just wish it was more specialized because there's so many different ways that people and kids especially are gifted. And I would love for them to be able to pursue that more as opportunities for, you know, someone who is musically gifted versus artistically gifted versus language or math. They're kind of all lumped in the same thing when they're just labeled as gifted. And so I would love for them the opportunity to just explore and see more, you know, what they um, can do and what they're interested in. And even like with high school too, like I feel like, you know, trade schools should be introduced more in high school or even just like the classes where they can be hands-on instead of just kind of pushing everyone for college because like it sounds like it's so tacky, but like everyone really is like they have their own thing. And so I just wish there was more opportunities for us to um, spark an interest or pursue an interest. And that goes for both elementary, you know, and high school. Yeah, because that's that's one of the things that that I've always been trying to do within within secondary schools. And it's it's difficult to get districts to really think about this um, because they're so focused on everyone has to go to college. And, and yeah. I tell them, well, only 25 like nationally, only 25 percent of our high school graduates actually actually go to college and only 25% of those actually graduate. Wow. So what are we doing with this whole group of kids that aren't graduating? You know, we should be working with them now on multiple things, you know, not, you know, I'm not talking tracking where, okay, you're not, you know, you're not good in math. So you work, so you have to go to a, to a trade. You know, that's not what I'm saying. It's, you know, give them options. And so when they graduate, they could, well, I do want to go to a four-year or no, I, I don't, I, you know, since, since I have this work, um, I, you know, I want to be a electrician. Um, but with that same opportunity, if they wanted to go to college, then they have all those credits and stuff, but it's, it's tough. And, it, and there's reasons why, and um, which we won't go into now, but um, definitely, you know, that's, I think that's, yeah, it's my magic wand too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like those jobs are so valuable, you know. I'm like, I can't do anything with electricity. Like, I don't know how to even. Yeah. I'm like an outlet work for those, you know. So I feel like, you know, like this, and they pay well, and they're needed, and they are probably be needed for a really long time. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Well, Gabby, as we wrap this up, we always ask our guests what their call to action is. And that's the one thing that you wish listeners to know about you or to take away from you or from this conversation. So what is your call to action? So it really would, it goes along with like kind of my new like outlook on life, if you will, right? We're just, um, you know, take the time to be like a thoughtful and kind person um, and also to be a reflective person and really just like appreciate like all the silly things that we like, oh, this light works, you know, or like that are like even, I remember being in the ICU and um, I was on the, had the trait going, I couldn't breathe on my own and looking at my friends and I was so stinking jealous. They could just breathe the air. And I was like, you guys are so bougie, just <laughs> breathe it, you know, like, I was like mad at them. Like, how dare you when I'm struggling so hard over here. Mm. Uh, so really it's just like, just, you know, be thoughtful, be reflective. You don't just 
you know, that you matter and that the things around you like are so precious and, um, you know, just, just keep going and keep appreciating and really just value all those little things around you and, and breathe some room air, you know, once in a while, really appreciate it. I like that. It's, yeah. It's, it's a really cool thing that we can do all the yeah. things that we can do. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing your story with us today. And thank you for your positive outlook on life and your impact on students today. I think that, you know, you're making a big difference. So thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. It was fun. I enjoyed it.